a listener production. <clears throat> Father, son, and house of Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. <gasps> oh my gosh. She broke the internet again with that one. She's going to win an Oscar. I'm oh, obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm obsessed. And I'm so obsessed with Lady Gaga in that trailer that I downloaded the audiobook House of Gucci and I've been listening to it and it's amazing. Get out of town. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've just been walking around going, Father, Son and House of Gucci. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> Father, son, house of Gucci. Anyway, take it away, my dulcet-toned Adonis. Hello, Gistners. Welcome back for another episode of Just the Gist. Sorry we're a little late this week, um, but we are bringing you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to share at a dinner party, as always. And we are very well aware that the majority of you are listening to this in lockdown um, and you Rosie you can certainly empathize because you drove yourself directly <laughs> into a lockdown yes. just a few days ago we are late as usual because of me because first of all past Rosie completely underestimated the abilities of future Rosie I was like <laughs> totally let's record on Tuesday night after me and Caleb have been driving for two days from Adelaide to Melbourne I'll be fine and that was I should know myself better by this stage I'm 35 bloody years old um so mm. I knew that was a big mistake but also I think it was just um not just the two days of driving but like two months of organizing, moving, and then it getting postponed and then it coming again and packing and then unpacking. And then we finally did it. And then as literally as we were driving into Melbourne, we were listening to the presser on the radio saying Melbourne Mm. is locking down. (laughs) So (laughs) I couldn't record that night because I literally went to bed and slept for like 15 hours. But I could have recorded Friday and Saturday, but I was putting it off because I was waiting for something to arrive. So I kept telling Mm. you that I couldn't do it, but I was lying. (laughs) So I got you a birthday present. Mm. I'm sending it to you right now. But first of all, close your eyes. Close Mm. your eyes. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. It's sent. It's arrived. Uh Uh Oh, my God. Okay. Open your eyes and look. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just turn up the volume and watch it. (laughs) I have got Jacob a cameo personalised video from Carol Baskin. Goddamn Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens who are Ah. listeners. It's Carol Baskin from Big Cat Rescue. Oh, my catness. Here is a huge tigerific birthday wish to Jacob from your best friend, Rosie, and your second best friend, Carol Baskin, and all of your glisteners. Oh, they just want it to be your best birthday absolutely ever. And I'm so sorry that I missed it by three days. I don't know how I missed it. Didn't show up in my regular little list here. But happy, happy birthday. Oh, you know, we're all just 
we're obsessed with your fabulous style, which includes that like glorious year-round tan. How on earth do you do that? And you know the fact that you like I really love segways. I just love segways, of course. And a dinner date with me and Cher and you and Rosie and all the listeners together wouldn't that be fun? Oh my goodness, that would be so much fun. It. I cut it off. It just cuts off. It just cuts off. I was so specific wow. with the word gisners, but she called yeah. you all glisteners. Glisteners, um, which is kind of cute in a way. And then um, it just cuts off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Carol Baskin's jealous of my tan. Yeah. I can die happy. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to watch that so many times oh, in yeah, the I'm next 24 hours. I've got to memorize this whole thing. <laughs> I'm dribbling. <laughs> oh, my God. So the reason oh. it was late is because she only does them every now and again. And so I was trying to get it for your birthday, but she wasn't available. And then I got an email on Friday saying she was available. So I quickly ordered it. And then she said, and that, that's why I had to keep putting off recording because I was waiting for it. <laughs> it is, and I, I'm not even embarrassed, maybe the best $250 I've ever spent in my life. Wow. <laughs> and tax deductible because it's tax, for business purposes. Exactly. It's on the podcast. Yeah. So oh, it's from Rosie and all your glisteners. <laughs> Thank you, glisteners. <laughs> That was phenomenal. We can post that, Brad. We can yeah, put we can, that on. They want, the they want Insta- you to share it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrific. Um, and it's so weird, like, because you you get very limited space to give her any information and they try and make it about her. So they're like, is it a is it he, him, they, them, she, her, you press, you give the name, and then it's like, what's the occasion? Birthday. And then it's like, in a hundred characters, not a hundred words, a hundred characters, <laughs> tell us what he loves about Carol. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, nothing. <laughs> but I was, and so I just said, oh, your glorious style. And he'd really love to have a dinner date with you and share. I don't know. <laughs> and then um, and then it said in a hundred characters or less, tell us about Jacob. And so I just said, you have a year round tan and you, <laughs> you cry laugh at the word segue. And that was all the characters gone. <laughs> so I had no idea what she was going to come back with. And like, I had no, and then, oh, and I said, um, and it's from Rosie and the Gisners, and I put in brackets, rhymes with listeners, but I guess. <laughs> she just lost in added translation. a G to listeners, right. Mm. <laughs> and so oh, then you just wow. send that through and pay the money. And then like two days later, I got this video. <laughs> Best thing ever. So good. Thank you so much. Happy That's birthday. Absolutely brilliant. From me and all the Gisners and Carol well, Baskin. Thank <laughs> you all. And cheers. That is sensational. I can't <laughs> wait for the world to see that. Oh. 
If I was only going to get one birthday present, that was a bloody good one. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Okay, that is well, hysterical. We can get to breaking news then. <laughs> if you're, if you've, I'll give you a minute to calm down while I do breaking news. I'm a little bit exhausted and my glasses are still all fogged up from cry laughing <laughs> at hearing Carol Baskin say segue I know. <laughs> to me. <laughs> she did that part because you honestly it's quite they give you no guarantee that they'll say what you want like the thing you sign a thing saying you take Uh, what you get and so you know I had no idea if it would what but she did a pretty good job I've heard she makes like close to millions off these because I reckon she probably just sits there and does a hundred of them a day and at 250 bucks yeah hey why not maybe we should look into that yeah I know (laughs) We're not, we're not Carol Baskin <laughs> level. Come on, <laughs> I do not them for yet. free. People always message Believe. me and ask me to do them for friends' birthday. I'm just like, yeah, whatever, sure. Like, I don't, I don't pay. It's weird. Anyway, okay. Breaking news. Oh wait, wait, wait. A lot of people pointed out last week that I said something in breaking news addressed to the people who skip breaking news, which was stupid because they would have skipped breaking news and not heard it. So I'm going to do it now. We've organised it now, guys, that if you want to skip ahead to the story, skippers, you can. We've Mm -hmm. put a little, we've got a little, I don't know how it works, but in the episode there's a little marker that shows where it is on the podcast thing app. Our producer, one of our producers, Lindsay, went through and did that. So, yeah, so I think that only works on Apple Podcasts, but across uh, all the platforms, um, in the show notes, it will tell you yeah. the um, minute and second roughly to skip to. Roughly to skip to because ads can go different lengths and, you know, but we are now putting in the show notes and there's a little marker in the thing of where you can skip to if you don't want to listen to me give the important headlines of the week. I can't imagine why you wouldn't, but whatever. So there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Skip ahead, skip away. Okay. Breaking news, a breaking news. I got the scoop. I see extra, extra. Read all about it. A breaking news. It's coming down the wire. This is so funny because I'm currently sitting at a table and Caleb is directly across from me and just completely <laughs> straight faced and unaffected like this. <laughs> it's very disconcerting to have like. A, a, a tough crowd <laughs> like he's not <laughs> laughing at a single thing <laughs> it's not surprising at all that Caleb's not a fan of the song uh, really not um okay a big Elizabeth Holmes breaking news so first Ooh. of all she had her baby oh yeah oh, so oh. she had her baby which um her trial had been pushed back by a month so she could have her baby so she's had it she mm. had it like yesterday or the day before and her trial will still go ahead in September but mm-hmm. other breaking news a few days before she had her baby she got a big blow court wise mm. so the judge in her case has agreed to let people who were victims of her blood testing thing, so people who actually went in to get tested for blood and got Mm -hmm. given false results, the judge has agreed to let those people testify in the trial, which her team was trying really hard to ban because Mm. it obviously makes them look really bad. So this is Mm -hmm. like people are going to get up and say like, 
you tested my blood and told me that I didn't have diabetes so I didn't take medication and then I got really sick Mm. or you tested my blood and told me that I had miscarried but I hadn't or like Mm -hmm. there was one person whose blood was tested the results came back that she didn't have cancer and so then she put off getting cancer treatment and her cancer got worse while Mm. she like things like that so that's Mm -hmm. not going to be great for her and um apparently her team was trying to stop it because they said look we gave the prosecution access to all of our data so there's no reason for these people to get up and say this stuff because it's in the data but the prosecution was like yeah you gave us access to the data and a day later it was all deleted and they were like yeah that was an accident sorry did you not access it in that 24 hours no way (laughs) and the judge was like you suck sorry no they can get up on the stand and do it. So, I mean, I looked up because a few people have asked me what exactly is she getting charged with? And she's getting mm. charged, her and her partner, Sunny, are both getting charged with fraud and conspiracy to commit fraud. And the fraud mm. is because they took blood tests and then emailed people results that were fraudulent results. So that is fraud. And then the fraud is also that they took investors' money for a product that like for a testing thing that they knew didn't work. So that's bilking people out of there. So it's fraud on two different levels. It's stealing money from Mm -hmm. people and like basically tricking people into thinking they had medical issues or didn't have medical issues that they otherwise did or did not. Putting people in danger. Yes. Serious health risks. So she's um, um, looking at up to, I think, 25 years in prison. But I just mm-hmm. have this feeling rich people never get in trouble. And I feel like she just had what I would cynically say is a very well-timed baby. And so mm. it's going to be tough to send a sweet-looking white lady with a newborn to jail. Mm. I just can't see it happening. I can't see it. I mean, I want. I think she deserves it. I think she deserves prison time. I'm just not sure it'll go that way. I have that gut feeling as well, but it's very reassuring to know that even though she's got her, what, billionaire fiancé paying for the best possible lawyers, I'm sure, she hasn't been able to block these people from testifying. She hasn't been Mm. able to hold back evidence. Hasn't been able to postpone the court date indefinitely. Mm. Like the judge was like, too bad, you're having a baby, see you in four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like everything so far has been mm. as just as we would want it to be. Um, <gasps> and so hopefully also, that continues. We're recording this Sunday afternoon, and it'll probably come out tomorrow, Monday. But tonight on sixty Minutes is a big Elizabeth Holmes expose. Oh, really? Yes. Ooh. I don't uh-huh. know if it'll have anything new, but like, mm. we'll see. We'll see. Mm. Okay. This is the only other bit of breaking news because I assumed you were going to die laughing at Carol Baskin and it was going to take up a lot of time. So I didn't put a lot in. This is just a funny little bit. Last week, three people were taken to hospital after being hit by the iceberg at a Titanic museum. (laughs) Knew you were going to bring this up. (laughs) Delicious, sweet, juicy irony. Yeah. Uh, I like part of me wishes one of them had died because, like, what a way to go. Mm. Hit by the yeah. iceberg at the Titanic Museum. <laughs> Apparently it's this, I looked it up, it's this big um, 
ship-shaped museum. So you go into mm. an actual Titanic, like a smaller scale Titanic rec- replica. And so there's a big iceberg wall on the side and apparently a big chunk of it broke off and whacked these three people in the head. They're fine, but um, just a bit of delicious, you know, <laughs> bit of the universe irony. just being delicious for a little day. <gasps> Do you know what the iceberg was made out of? Like plaster, plastic? I I assume just like probably how they make it out of like fiberglass or paper mache Uh or, you know, that crappy stuff that they use. Mm. Global warming. (laughs) It's getting (laughs) more and more real. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Okay. And that was it. That was breaking news. Do you know what I thought your delay was going to be? I what? thought you wanted to give yourself enough time to watch all of Hacks so that oh, you'd no, be able to talk it. about that. Of course you have. <laughs> yeah. But I th- I don't know, maybe she wanted to do a double pass. Um, mm. It's so good, everyone. It's phenomenal. It's you phenomenal. need to go and check it out. The main character is like this hybrid of Joan Rivers and Phyllis Diller and Lucille mm. Ball and Cher all rolled into one and it is just top notch. Do yourself top-notch. a favour. It's so good and Jean Smart is just so good. Um, Mm. And the girl who plays the insufferable Gen Z, like, writer who comes to work for her is so Mm. good. Everyone is just mwah, chef's kiss, mwah. Yeah, I finished it yesterday um, and I it it was the first time that I was a good girl and I didn't download it illegally and I waited for it to come out in Australia and it has, Mm -hmm. it's on binge. And it's amazing. Ten episodes. It's on Stan. Um, Stan. As well. Sorry, Stan. 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 Mm. Um, ten episodes, and I got through it in yeah two days. Mm. You'll love it, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Okay, are you ready for this one? Yes. Are you sitting in a closet? It doesn't look like it. I'm not. No. Okay. Oh God, is it claustrophobic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. After I did just the gist of baby Jessica getting stuck down the well, I had quite a few people message through to say, have you heard this other nutso story about an adult man getting stuck while caving? You know how we talked a bit about caving Mm. and Mm. like the whole rescue of him. And so I looked it up. This story is intense. So if you're claustrophobic, you're going to struggle with this one, okay? This is just the gist of John Edward Jones, the man who got stuck in the Nutty Putty Cave 31 metres underground in a crevice. Wait, is it crevice or crevasse? Crevice. Uh, Crevice. Crevice. Yeah. (laughs) A cravat is the neck thing. Maybe that's what's throwing you. Oh, maybe it is. Mm. Caleb's nodding crevice. Crevice, right? Yeah. He says, yeah. Okay. What's a crevasse? I don't know that there is such thing as a crevasse. Here we go. Okay, hold on. Sorry, everyone. Do do do. Caleb's looking it up. Do 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 do. Crevasse with two s's is a deep open crack, especially in a glacier. But this, everywhere I read, was crevice. C r e v i c e. Crevice. Crevice. Probably interchangeable. What's the difference between crevasse and crevice? Okay, this is, sorry, everyone, this is boring. (laughs) Sorry, but hey, word of the week. Word of the week. Okay, so this is just the gist of John Edward Jones, the man who got stuck in the Nutty Putty Cave 31 metres underground in a crevice Mm. 
25 centimetres high by 45 centimetres wide. Oh. With his arms Uh pinned to his chest and he was completely upside down. Oh. And on his own. Oh. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. In 2009... John Edward Jones is 26 years old. He's married mm-hmm. to Emily. They have a 13-month-old daughter called Lizzie and Emily is pregnant with their second child. Mm-hmm. He's in medical school and he's come home to Utah to visit family for Thanksgiving holidays. And mm-hmm. his family were big into caving when he was growing up, which in the US is also called spelunking. You'd be like, I'm going yeah. spelunking and I'm a spelunker. Mm. Whereas I've only, in Australia, I think we only call it caving. I've only ever heard it called that here. Yeah. In, with an Australian accent, it just sounds somehow suggestive and mildly sexual. To spelunk. In a slang sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> because so we we're... make everything sexual sound gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that Spooge. Caleb's only getting one side of this conversation because he can't <laughs> hear you. So he just heard spelunk. Yeah, we make everything sexual sound gross. He has no idea what we're talking about. But like gobby, the sorts of terms that we come up with is so foul. Oh, is that like a handy? Oh, a a heady. Oh, see, I don't know. Mm. I wasn't cool (laughs) in high school. I didn't, (laughs) I wouldn't know. (laughs) Okay, so we talked a bit about caving or spelunking in our baby Jessica episode. Do you want to explain essentially what caving is? When you, oh, I can't imagine what sort of impulse would make someone want to do this, but you go through different tunnels and cave ways and some of them are very, very tight and there's often Mm. a lot of water involved in there and (laughs) you're just putting yourself into these really, really tight crevices or crevasses for extended periods of time. Mm. Um, Your little light on your helmet. Yeah. For the thrill of seeing dark places. No, but it's not actually, Jacob. Like I've been caving twice and once in the Denolan Caves and once somewhere in the like south, like snowy mountains area um, of mm. New South Wales. But, um, and I only did touristy caves. So the tunnels are not big. Mm. Like they're not small. They're not, they're not big, but they're not small. They're just kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, like regular size. And then it, you, they make you feel like you're doing thrilling caving, but any tourist could do it is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But you do crawl through all these tiny little tunnels and crevices and stuff. And when you come out to a big room, like some of these rooms, the entire walls are covered in like crystals and gems that are like mm-hmm. hanging down. Like it's actually astonishingly beautiful. Some of these caves, like the mm-hmm. walls look like something out of like, you know, the never ending story. It's like mm-hmm. very beautiful. So there is a payoff mm-hmm. for it, for a yes. lot of it. But mm-hmm. you are correct that some people just like caving for the thrill they get out of seeing how tight a space they can force themselves <laughs> into, <laughs> which is essentially what John and his family liked doing. So there are some uh-huh. caves that are quite touristy and you go through like a decent sized tunnel and find, look, see beautiful crystal walls. And there are other caves where you literally are in a space where the opening is the size of a bucket. And the whole point of it is to just squeeze yourself through and see if you can do it. Okay. Sigmund Freud, I'm sure would have something to say about people (laughs) who have the impulse to do that to themselves. Yes. uh, uh, Interesting that you mentioned that because there is a very interesting name of the 
tunnel that this guy is attempting to get into in this. So Uh he'd done a lot of caving growing up, John, and there was a cave in his hometown called the Nutty Putty Cave and it was renowned Mm -hmm. for being very intense. It's one of those caves where there's signs out the front saying, enter at your own risk, you are not encouraged to come in here, this is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. basically like a series of veins underground, like just a lot Uh of tiny little twisty turny tunnels that you have to force your way through. Some of the tunnels are so tiny, you have to hold your breath and suck in your stomach just to be able to get through and you have to get through fast enough that you don't take a breath in and expand yourself <gasps> because then you'll get stuck. Oh, That's how oh. tight these spaces are. Um, but, you know, then you get to the end and you're in a big amazing cave room and it's cool and you explore stuff. But it, this one, this like the Nutty Putty Cave is not for the faint hearted. Mm-hmm. This is not a tourist cave. This is an intense caving spelunking cave. Two Boy mm-hmm. Scouts had famously got stuck in there within a week of each other in the same area and needed to be rescued, so they call that tunnel the Scout Eater. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are they still sending scouts there? Oh, well, they were then. Uh-huh. But the most famous part of the cave, and this is why I think it's funny you mentioned that there might be something Freudian about this. The most famous part of the Nutty Buddy Cave is a tiny, tiny tunnel called the Birth Canal. <laughs> and <laughs> it's super tight. Like it's barely a ruler wide and a ruler high. And once you're in, you're in. You have your arms by your sides and you have to shuffle forward head first using your feet. And it's also at the end almost completely vertical. So just when you think it's too tight, you literally drop down a hole and out the bottom like a baby falling out of a vag. So that's why they call it the birth canal. And then you're in a big cave room at the bottom. So that's the famous part of the cave that everybody wants to conquer. It's like a, Uh you know, a notch on your belt that you, on your spelunking belt. You've done the birth canal. You've done the birth canal. So on November 24 at 8 p.m., which I thought was weird, but then I was like, well, caves are pitch dark inside, so I guess it doesn't matter what time you go. Mm. So at 8 p.m., John, his brother Josh, and nine other friends decide to go spelunking in the Nutty Putty Cave. Mm-hmm. Everything's great for a while. They explore some of the bigger areas of the cave, some of the bigger rooms. They have a lot of fun. And then they decide to attempt the birth canal. Now, John, <clears throat> who is the most experienced spelunker, goes first. And he starts pushing through this tight space on his stomach and he notices it getting tighter and tighter around him to the point Mm. where there is literally no space between his body and Mm. the rock around him. Like you can't even stick a finger between his body and the rock. It's Mm -hmm. getting quite hard to breathe because he is now at a point where he can't fully expand his chest. Like He's, he, he's that tight in there. But he's heard, like I said, that that is part of the birth canal. So he assumes I must be getting close to the end. So he keeps inching forward. And he oh. figures the best thing to do is to keep going because he knows he can't really go back now because he's su- he, he can't really breathe and he's, yeah. he's closer to the end than he is to the start. So it would be quicker yeah. to just inch forward to the end than to try and shuffle back to where he came from. Uh-huh. So he keeps inching forward, forward. His arms are tightly pinned against his sides. Then all of a sudden 
he drops headfirst down vertically, but instead of coming out the end of the birth canal into a big cave uh. room, he just drops into a tighter space. Uh. So he's actually not in the birth canal tunnel. At some point mm. earlier, he had taken a wrong turn and <gasps> started forcing his way into a tunnel called Ed's Push that leads nowhere. So instead uh. of crawling through an impossibly tight space, then coming out the end into a huge open cave, he is in a uh. tunnel that just gets tighter and tighter and narrower and narrower until it's solid rock <gasps> at the end, basically like an upside Ooh. down triangle. Ooh. Like super tight. Uh. Yeah. Oh. Uh. So John is upside down with his arms pinned against his chest in a space smaller than a small doggy door. And when the others don't hear from him for a while, they start to get worried. Um, Uh They've all gone the right way towards the birth canal and they just figured that he was ahead of them. But when they don't see him at the end, his brother goes back to look for him and eventually finds him because his feet, John is over six foot. So when mm. he slips down into this vertical part of the crevice he's stuck in, he's so tall that his feet are still poking out the top. So uh-huh. his brother Josh sees his feet poking out the top. And so his Josh is in the horizontal crawl space bar part leading to the hole that John has fallen down. So it's basically mm. a total right angle. You crawl along horizontal, 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 yep. and then mm-hmm. you slip down at a right angle into this hole. And that's where John uh-huh. is. So Josh tries to pull him up by his feet and calves, but it's extremely painful because A, he's stuck and B, Mm. it's a total right angle. So you can't really pull someone's body out of a right angle, like through Mm. a right angle space without breaking their legs Yeah, because there's a rock ceiling on top of it. And so every time he tries to pull him up to the horizontal part, it's like his bones are going like... Gonna snap against the corner yeah. that they're pulling him out of. Like the body just doesn't bend that way. So yeah. Josh and John pray together. They're a very religious um, Church of Latter Day Saints family, mm. and Josh has to leave to go and get help. So he has to leave him there. It's not easy to get help to him though, because he's a hundred feet or thirty-one meters underground. And to put that into perspective, baby Jessica was like. I think seven meters underground. So this is a lot more, but it's not a straight down situation because like I said, this cave is like a bunch of veins or intestines, like, Mm. or like the Sydney rail network. It's just like, and so from the surface of the ground to where he is, it's a hundred feet, but to get to him through the cave, it's 400 feet, which is Mm. 122 meters of very twisty, turny, tight, tunnels. The rescue operation gets underway and the first rescuer to get to John is a woman called Susie and she gets there just after midnight which means John has now been trapped upside down in a space where he can't even expand his chest to fully breathe properly for three and a half hours. And With probably like limited air supply as well like his body would have sealed off yeah. the air so yeah. he's running out of oxygen. Oh. So she too can obviously only just like see his feet popping out of the top of this hole. And she says, hi, John, my name is Susie. How's it going? And he replies, hi, Susie, thanks for coming. But I really, really want to get out. 
Like, yeah, mm. no shit. Um, so 137 rescuers start to come up with a plan, which mm. basically involves a series of ropes and like pulleys, you know, those little pulley things that like you feed rope along, fed mm. all through the twisty turny tunnels. And then they tie, they want to tie the rope around John's feet and slowly try to pull him out. They weren't sure if that was going to work, but they had to try something because by the time they got it all set up, like they had to hammer pulleys into the sides of the cave walls and everything. So it took mm. a while. By the time it was all done, he had been upside down for 24 hours and Oof. his heart couldn't handle the extra stress of having to pump blood away from the brain. Like, because mm. when you're right side up, gravity actually does a lot to make the heart's job easier. So mm. he's at risk of heart attack because his heart, his heart is working so hard to like pump blood away from the brain. He's also at risk of brain hemorrhage because as hard as the heart is working, there's still too much blood around the top mm. half, like around his head and brain and yeah. stuff. So, mm. The rescuers say he's been switching a lot between panic and calmness. He, like, mm. will pass out for a bit, but then they have to try and force him to wake up because they don't mm. want him to fall unconscious. They sing songs with him to try and keep him calm and they get a radio close enough to the crevice, like, close enough to his feet at the top that if he yells out, um, they he and his wife have a conversation. So they at least get to have a chat and so that that makes him feel a lot better. And finally the ropes system is ready. They've drilled all these metal pulleys into the rocks and they've fed this rope all the way down through all the twisty turny tunnels to the mm -hmm. part where John is and mm -hmm. they tie the rope around his ankles and mm -hmm. they try drilling at the top of the crevice he's in to try and soften that right angle, like to mm -hmm. to make it less likely that his bones will snap when they're pulling him mm -hmm. out at this weird angle. But it's very hard oh. drilling into this rock. So they, it's like literally a, a centimetre at a time, not even that much, like a millimetre at a time coming mm -hmm. off this rock. Mm -hmm. They start pulling with an eight-man team, pretty much like an eight-man team at the top like up on land are pulling mm -hmm. the rope kind of like they're playing tug of war, like pulling, but uh -huh. they literally have to pull it like the tiniest bit at a time because it is so dangerous. Like if they pull too much, his mm. bones will just snap. Um, be delicate. So like literally millimetre by millimetre, they are like pulling him pulling him and then they'll drill a millimeter. Like when it's so, it, apparently at times it's so tight and there's so much pressure on his bones that he starts screaming. So they have to stop. They have to get oh. the drill and just try and like drill the tiniest bit to relieve the pressure. Like it is just the most delicate operation. Mm. Um, he'll scream in pain at the pressure on his bones. They'll stop. They'll start again. It's just like taking a long time. But finally, they get him, like after hours, they get him high enough that he's able to make eye contact with the rescuer that is at the top mm. of his crevice. And the rescuer asks him how he is and he says, it sucks, I'm upside down, I can't believe I'm upside down, my legs are killing me. But he's smiling, like the rescuer said, he's mm. smiling, he's good because the rest is not going to be easy. Like getting him through mm. those, what did I say, like 400 feet of cave tunnels, it's going to be tough. Mm. But this was 
the hardest part. Like he's about mm. to be lying horizontally again, which is a huge relief to everyone. Mm-hmm. So the eight-man team keeps pulling the rope very slowly and this is like the baby Jessica moment. It's like this is the last pull where they're going to pull him out and they're going to get word mm. that, yeah, we've got him out of the crevice. He's on to the horizontal part. We can start getting him out. And so this is just the moment where everyone's waiting to hear that he's up and they do this final pull And as they're pulling, all the men at the top suddenly fall backwards. The rope goes limp. John immediately falls back down into the tiny crevice. Even tighter and deeper than before thanks to the force of the drop. There's dust flying everywhere. Nobody's quite sure what happened until one of the rescuers along the cave route climbs out the top of the cave bleeding because one Mm. of the metal pulleys had snapped out of its rock and whacked him in the face and that had caused the rope to snap and that's why the men had all fought. Like when you lose a game of tug of war and you all fall backwards. Get effed. One of the pulleys didn't. (laughs) So the rescuer closest to John tries to talk to him but he's not responding now likely because the space he was in is so tight it's actually physically impossible for him to even speak. The rescuer Mm. can hear his breathing getting quite shallow. So they get a medic down to John as quickly as they can, who after midnight on November 25 pronounces John dead. He had been (gasps) stuck in for 27 hours. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I really thought he was going to make it. Oh, my god! They don't know if he died of suffocation, if his heart gave out, if he had a brain hemorrhage. All they know is that when that pulley broke, he fell to an even tighter part of the crevice, if that is possible, and his body just couldn't take it and he died. Uh, oh, and I would this, have lost the will to live. This is the awful part that really just hooked me into this story. There was no way to safely reach his body. So authorities and John's family made the difficult decision to seal Nutty Putty, this Nutty Putty (gasps) Cave entrance with concrete with John's body still inside. They placed a plaque at the entrance in honour of John and many cavers and spelunkers now call it the John Jones Cave, knowing that he'll be down there forever, his body stuck in that crevice, never to be seen again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you how much sweat has been pouring out of my armpits for the last 20 minutes hearing this. The fact that he got so close to the point where he was had eye contact with the rescuer, they were looking at each other, they were about to pull him out and the very last pull, he... The rope snapped and he fell back in. Wow. Oh. His wife well. gave birth not long after to a son oh. who she named after John. And I read a lovely interview with her a few years later in which she talked about how hard it was but that it was her faith in God that got her through. She was convinced she would never fall in love again, but she did. And five years after John's death, Emily married again Her and John's daughter was the flower girl. Their son was the page boy. And John's father walked her down the aisle to marry her new husband. Oh. Isn't that lovely? 
It is, except they're Mormons, so she was probably one of six wives. <laughs> probably. Hey, I was trying to be respectful. <laughs> and that is uh, the story. That is just the gist of John Jones, the man who is forever stuck in the Nutty Putty Cave. Sealed away as an artifact. Can you imagine if humanity, and I'm not optimistic that they will be, but if humanity is around in another 250,000 years and they discover that plaque and they decide to go mm. find out what's inside mm. the cave and then they actually discover him. Like imagine the stories that they'll end up coming up with imagine if there's no if historical they, record that's preserved. Imagine if they go down there and it's like a, um, what was that movie with... Um, Jennifer, what's her name, and the guy from Parks and Recreation, Passengers, where they were the only two people on a spaceship and they mm. woke up on like a thousand-year trip and they weren't meant to make wake up. And then when everybody else woke up a thousand years later, they'd lived their entire lives and grown all these beautiful gardens. Mm. What if they go down there in 300 years and find that he was alive the whole time and just had to like make do as a caveman? <laughs> Potter about. Well, he was doing what he loved and he got to do it for the rest of his life. So I just, I don't know why I got so obsessed with this story. Something about how close he came to making it, something about yeah. how awful a way it is to die, something mm. about the eeriness of the fact that he is down there forever and they just sealed him in. Like the yeah. way they leave dead bodies on top of Mount Everest because there's not enough resources to get them down. Mm. It's just like, ooh, gives me the shivers. Yeah. So people can't even access the birth canal now. No, like they, that was they, part of the sealed off, they sealed off the only entrance to the cave. So you can't get uh -huh. into the cave at all. They just sealed mm -hmm. it with concrete. Because, wow. I mean, those scouts had needed rescuing and it was just dangerous. It was da They had closed the cave after the scout thing because they were mm. like, this is too dangerous. But then they'd opened it a few years later and John and his friends went in it six months after it had been reopened to the public. Uh-huh. Why? Well, I guess if you're a Mormon, you've got to look for your thrills somewhere. There's not a lot <laughs> they're allowed to do. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I mean, there's a um, pretty dodgy film. I wouldn't say it's a TV movie, but it's. I think it was made by people either that he knew or close to him or like part of the community or something, and it's like these people had gone to film school, so it's not the worst movie you've ever seen, but it's also clearly a D-grade movie and it's called The Last mm -hmm. Descent and it is um, a, like a fictionalised kind of drama mm. about it, um, which uh -huh. I watched. And Where do we find it? I bought it, I think, on Amazon Prime maybe. I think also uh -huh. it's um, if you just look for it on YouTube, there are probably some dodgy versions mm -hmm. of it. We'll put the trailer in, um, in the show notes and you'll see what I mean when I say it's not bad but it's not good. Mm -hmm. It's TV movie-esque. It's, um, uh -huh. you know, and I think it was it was meant to be a beautiful tribute to John. And it is. It's mm -hmm. a lovely, terrible film. Mm -hmm. uh, so They're some of you, my favourites. Yeah, we give you just the jizz. If you want to watch that, you can. I also read an amazing, pretty detailed article about this on All That's Interesting, one of my favourite websites, and also a website called Cave Haven, which is like for caving people. I read mm. a pretty detailed thing. And there's also just 
a lot of videos and stuff on YouTube because this story has become one of those like, you know, when you read articles on BuzzFeed that are like 10 horrifying stories that will keep you awake at night. Like this has Mm. become one of those little tidbit stories that funnily enough, people tell at dinner parties and like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's almost like people, People aren't sure if it's urban legend or not, but Mm. it's true. It happened. It was a man called John Edward Jones and it happened not that long ago. It was 2009 and he died in what is, I would say, millions of people's worst nightmare way to die. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of- sweating. Yeah. There's a lot of like uh, little YouTube videos about it and it's, there's just a lot. It's one of those weird little corner of the internet stories that Mm. is, yeah, there's just, I didn't really find any one detailed, excellent resource for it. I just found a lot of bits and pieces about it. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for compiling it all together for us. Yeah. That was such a shock. Sad ending. (laughs) I decided to. He thought he was going to make it. Yeah, I decided to make you think he was going to make it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was shocked when I, because I thought he was going to make it when I was reading, because a Mm. a bunch of people said, oh, if you like baby Jessica, read this. And I was like, cool. And then I was like, and they just sealed him in there forever. Like all the coal, coal shovelers on the Titanic. When the watertight container walls came down, they just got sealed in there forever. Yeah, sealed fate. Mm. Wow. That's going to haunt me for a while. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was um, this week's episode. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. My heart rate needs to... um, Calm down. I got a little warning from my Apple Watch. (laughs) Well, Caleb left halfway through. I think he couldn't handle it. I don't know where he's gone. It's pretty intense. Pretty intense. Mm. Well, thank you very much for that. You're welcome. And um, there'll be two eps this week because this one was late. Sorry. (laughs) But we had to wait for Carol Baskin. Goddamn Carol (laughs) Baskin. That's why. Don't you take responsibility. (laughs) So this ep will come out. Monday, I think, and then the next one will mm-hmm. be Friday as usual, which is, I won't give it away, but a topic that may just be your magnum opus episode. And I've uh, had a conversation with you already about not <laughs> getting carried away <laughs> because this is meant to be just the gist. So I'm very much looking forward to Friday because I know it's going to be one of the greatest days of your life, telling us just yeah. the gist of what you are. Hi. Can't wait. I love you all. Thank you, Glisteners. Thank you, Glisteners. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Rosie. Love you, love you, love you. Saying (gasps) Father, Son, and House House of Gucci. Okay, bye. Bye. Listener.